Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw Podcast. I am Randy with my guy TC. TC, we're separated today. I'm actually the one on the phone. You're in the studio. This is a little surreal. How are you? I'm great, man. Hopefully, I'm doing this all right. Uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm not great at, at actually recording these things, but good to be back in, on, in Jack's. Yeah, you're on the ones and twos today. For sure. Well, before we get to, before we get to this episode, I want to uh, quickly thank the fine folks at Pinehurst Golf Resort, Pinehurst, North Carolina. They are the ideal spot if you're looking to plan a late summer uh, or any time in the fall golf trip. I would encourage everybody to check out Pinehurst, North Carolina. Of course, the world-famous number two course, TC. I know that's your favorite domestic public course in the United States. Yes, it is. It's it's the white. It should be the white whale for people that haven't played it yet. The greens are so hard. I've never played well there. Maybe one day. Gil Hans recently renovated the number four course. That's a treat. We got to play. I always get it confused. We played number one in our tour sauce. No, we played three. three. Yeah, three. three. For some reason, I always think number one. They they have a bunch of courses. Yeah, three was very delightful. Uh, of course, the cradle. This will do on and on. Lots of excellent bars, restaurants, Pinehurst Brewery. So check out Pinehurst Golf Resort. We thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. And now on to Mr. Jeezy. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Good to be back. We've got a good one in store. TC, I'm excited about the Memphis episode. I am too. We've got a we've got a true expert joining us for this one. I you know, I think everybody's gonna really be richer for having his insight on uh, Memphis, the surrounding areas, and just really digging deep in the culture. He is I like maybe synonymous with Memphis, I think. I, I think I, you're exactly right. The the foremost expert, I think, on all things Memphis. So it's, yeah, I mean it's, get, it's basically Elvis, Fred Smith, uh Juicy J, DJ Paul, uh, Tony Allen, and this guy. And maybe Coach Cal. Okay, Cal Perry. Yes. Correct. Correct. Place we got to start. Let's get some mea, culp- mea culpas out of the way. We've, we, I, I think we've got a lot of them this week, right? We, yeah, we have, we have a number of them. Um, I, I can start off. I, I, you know, I ascribe Joe Maurer's move from catcher to first base because of his knees, I had overlooked he had concussion issues, which were really the driving factor behind that move. So I would like to formally apologize to all Minnesotans, all Twins fans, Joe Maurer. Um, the big reason he moved from catcher to first base was due to concussion. So I, I'm very sorry for that. I had, a, I had a, a Minnesotan come up to me in person this past week to correct you on that. So... <laughs> Uh, they took that one very seriously and also mentioned that they Justin did. Morneau also had concussions. And so they moved yeah. him to DH, right? They did, yeah. I I don't know what they were doing up there. You got to get better protocols or better 
better safety. Yeah. Some, some concussion issues up there. Um, uh, I had one. Uh, DJ's been riding us like crazy about not mentioning Bob Dylan for the, he's calling it a Minnesota episode. I think we called it, it was a Twin Cities episode. So, that's right. you know, I, I think Dylan is, is from well north of the Twin Cities. So I'm, I'm not sorry, DJ. I'm not sorry. No, no apology. I back you up on that. No apology. I would like to apologize. Um, I, in my, some of my social posts, I spelled juicy Lucy. I spelled juicy with an I J U I C Y. Apparently it's J U C Y L U C Y juicy Lucy. So had no idea, but I will apologize for that. Uh, I'd like to apologize, uh, specifically to Mike Tice as well as his family. I think his, his nephew reached out, said Tice, not a, not a, an offensive lineman. He was a tight end. And uh, so for that, I, I sincerely apologize. He, he, I also am told he has a great celebrity charity event out in Reno every year. We may have to look into that. I know Reno's near and dear to our hearts. And, and, and I'm just using that as, a, as kind of an excuse here. You know, I feel bad that we're not having a full episode about Reno because they're also this week coming up. That's true. And... Maybe, I think maybe next year, you know, yeah. I think next year we go exclusively opposite field, exclusively Reno. Um, but, but that's, that's point well taken. And I think that's a bridge we can cross, uh, when we come to it, but speaking thank of, you for acknowledging. Speaking that. of bridges, uh, the Atlanta bridge collapse on I 85, the connector was, uh, it was fixed in six weeks, not six months. I guess there was all sorts of incentives. The contractor beat the time frame that they laid out and, and was able to unlock those incentives. So, apologize to everybody involved in that. And then, you see, I, I would like I would like to point out that Mike Tice, in his 14 year playing career, uh, only caught 171. Uh, excuse me, 107 passes for 894 <sighs> yards. So, while technically he may have been a tight end, I feel a little uncomfortable. You know. I, wow. I think he may have been more O-lineman. Definitely a blocking type. He was like an extra tackle. Exactly. Okay. That's what it looked like. God. All right, yeah. so I retract my apology. We'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Love it. Love it. On that. Uh, I, I think we had a, a voicemail uh, from our friend down in Austin who was very upset about the comparison between Austin and Columbus, Ohio, and then he went back and listened, and he actually apologized to us. So... Um, Which is cool. We'll, yeah. we'll play that now. Hey, guys. Patrick Flanagan, Austin, Texas, calling back. I was bucking my head on the Seabus uh, Austin comparison. I admit, sorry, Tron, you deserve the apology and the retraction. I guess I didn't hear you say that it was a poor man's Cowtown version with an uglier skyline. I, I, I would say that is fairly accurate. Anyway, Big Randy, first. I love your work. Your interview with Bonnie Ford was top tier. Um, Trap draw, great stuff. Keep up the good content, Lewis. Cheers. Very cool apology there. Um, I, I like to see that. I, I, I like to. I, hopefully, we're setting that that example. You know, we're not we're not too big to apologize, and hopefully, other people realize that they can. You know, they can apologize as well. Amen. Amen. Anything else on uh, your end? Yeah, I got I got some flack. We never mentioned curling. Quite honestly, it just wasn't on my radar. Um, I will apologize for that, though. I know curling's 
important to the people of Minnesota and the Twin Cities, so I will apologize for that. I mean, do we uh, have to mention anything that's important to people? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't think it should be a catch-all. I, and can I say something? Can I say something in all honesty? I don't like curling. I, curling's kind of got this, like, hipster appeal where it's like, oh, my God, it's fun. They're drinking beers and curling. I, I'm not watching it. I don't. I don't go crazy about it. Like come Olympic time, I'm kind of out on it. So I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm doing, I'm retracting my apology. I, I'm not apologizing for not mentioning it, but people did get on us for. There's for a, a guy, uh, John Schuster, I believe he was the, I don't know. I think he was a bronze medalist. No six. And then he won in 2018. He won the gold. Uh, I share a last name with him, but he doesn't have the C in the last name. So he was actually playing in the BMW charity program a couple years ago. Hmm. Everybody said, that's John that's right. Schuster. That's the curling guy. <laughs> so. Did he choke or something? I feel like somebody sent me something about him choking at one point. But On it might be curling missing. or golf? In curling. I don't know. I mean, I know he's a gold medalist, you know, so you can't, can't throw too much flack so, at him. Yeah. Okay. It may have been something else. Just like your boy Rosie. Uh, your boy Rosie's a gold medalist. He is. And you can never take that away from him. The only other thing, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with the with the people of Minnesota. They seemed a bit defensive. Like, for instance, with the curling, right? Um, there were people who, we didn't get into the golf scene enough. Uh, and folks, quite honestly, I don't know anything about the golf scene. I I, I think we mentioned until, we'll, we'll talk about the trip you just took. I think we talked about all the courses you and I had ever played in Minnesota. It just seemed like Seemed like they were coming at us. Uh, people didn't like that Megan Schuster was a Packers fan. They were calling into question her Minnesota bona fides. Um, I just, you know, I feel like they're a little passive aggressive. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, I, I can say for certain I got hundreds, like, I'm not joking, I got hundreds of DMs from people once they found <laughs> out I was in Minnesota. Oh, where are you playing? Da 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 da. Well, you know, you're up in Duluth. That's not a hotbed of golf. Da 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 da. You got to play here, 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 and here. So I will say it's an embarrassment of riches up there as far as golf goes. Um, but this isn't a golf podcast. It's not. So you so know, you, we have nothing to apologize for. Yeah. If you, if you don't like the golf content in this podcast, I think that's almost mission accomplished. Exactly. Exactly. We we we'd be apologizing if you liked the golf content. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, that was it on my list. That was it for me too. Um, so really, I I think I so I missed the F one race. Uh, I was traveling. I missed the F one race. Fill me in on that. What a day! First of all, what a day for your boys at uh, Racing Point, the Got baby Benzes. I've been I've been trying I mean, I've been trying to say, you know, they're 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 coming hard. You have TC. You've been all over it. I I I didn't believe you at first, and it's absolutely true. I mean, they're the second fastest cars at behind the Mercedes. It's crazy. And then you know, yeah, you know, it it, it might not be legal, but, but you know, but we'll see. Yeah, you know, until they say it's not. So, so it was, they were going around the Hungaro ring and first of all, it was the first time I'd ever watched the qualifying. I was able to catch the qualifying, had no idea that they did it in like three stages and it's essentially, you know, they eliminate five cars out of first stage, five cars out of second stage and then third stage, they, you know, 
the final the final ordering one to ten. It was it was pretty cool. And then uh, race day, I guess the biggest the, the the biggest thing race day Verstappen crashed his car on like the like a like a practice lap before the race. And so they were scrambling to, they had to like change his front wing, get new tires, but he just made it in time to where he didn't have to like drop back to the back of the grid. So that was pretty huge for him. Uh, but then other than that, it was, it was a little rainy at the start. So the big question was like, what, what kind of tires the cars would take? Most everybody started with the intermediate wet. A couple teams started with the full wet. Except, um, yeah, everybody except for our guys at, at uh, Haas, right? Haas, I, well, I think Haas started, so I've been trying to think about, I, I want to, I really want to believe Gunther was like Deacon people. I think, I think it was either Magnuson or Grosjean started with the full wet. And I want to think they started with the full wets to kind of give the appearance that everybody thought it was going to keep raining. But then I think one of them pulled in essentially on like the, like even before the start, so like on the pace lap, the formation lap, one of them pulled in and took a tire change and essentially dropped back to the back of the pack, but put on the dry tires. But that served them well. So even though they started 20th right away, um, I, well, both hosses came in and got new tires right away. And so then, like, you know, three, four laps into the race, when all the other teams realized they didn't need the wet, then they all came in and pitted. And so the Haases all of a sudden found themselves like third and fourth for a while. And, uh, and essentially it was just hanging on. Like they weren't, they were not fast cars, but they, they held on enough. Magnuson uh, finished 10th and got a point. So at least Haas is on the board. But I, I thought it was an expertly managed tire situation by Haas. Huh. So I, I, you know, it was good to see Gunther doing his thing and we've got all sorts of scheduling updates as well yeah they've added a lot of uh italian grand prix we've got got a um, portuguese one we've got the the nurburgring in germany that got added in october yeah we're going to russia we're going to sochi i believe in uh late september there are going to be three three separate italian grand prix um so I believe the first one's at Monza, at the Temple of Speed, and then the the next two are at like different tracks. This one Imola sounds like it's it's very uh, very old school. Uh, yeah, well I know Buxton was like going crazy about it. Will Buxton was loving it. So I, if he's happy about it, <laughs> I'm happy about it. And then we've got uh, you know we've got Sebastian Vettel. You know there there's rumors abound of, of him going to potentially um, racing point next year, potentially, you know, Michael Schumacher said off Atari. So all sorts of rumors going there. Um, I wonder who he'd replace. You got to think Checo, right? Checo Perez. I mean, there's no way they're going to pull Stroll out of the car, right? No, not not with the money. I I wouldn't think so. So, and then, you know, I think the big beneficiary of all this stuff is going to be Haas because they can finally replace, uh, uh, what's his name? Not Magnuson. Yeah, Groshan. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's he's got to go. Um, with TC, it was a tough day for Williams again. 
Georgie Russell and Latifi, they finish 18-19. I didn't realize Latifi's dad's like one of the richest guys in the world. Really? Yeah. He's like a total, uh, you know, whatever driver, like, you know, financial driver as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like the, I mean, it's like Team Drew Love there. (laughs) So... Um. And then actually, the Mercedes were yeah. the Mercedes were so fast. Lewis Hamilton, um, I mean, he just runs away and hides. I, it's unbelievable. And then, uh, so I did catch a little bit. I've been getting into uh, a little bit of the Moto Grand Prix, like the motorcycles. Those guys are like I can't even watch it because it makes me so uncomfortable. Those guys are insane. And, you know, a few guys on Twitter sending me all sorts of, you know, highlight videos and, hey, this happened three years ago and these guys are still big rivals or this guy crashed last week. And that, so I guess there's a few weeks this year where there's, a, there's both a Moto Grand Prix and a Formula One Grand Prix. So next, hmm. when you're back home, we'll have to fire that up and really get into that. Yeah, we'll have to get deep in that. Because when these guys crash too, it's like they're they're doing flips and flying off their bike it's nuts it's it's insane so yeah uh um, well i'm jones I'm, this is an off week this has been an off weekend for f1 i'm, I'm jones and i you know i feel like an addict i'm yeah I, I i need my next hit so they're headed to great britain next weekend uh which which will be good which is kind of home base for a lot of these teams right silverstone you got, yeah you got your boy yeah, exactly. zach brown at, and mclaren and uh racing point space that you know you got a, you got a bunch of them practicing out of there and so. yeah and they're going back to back it'll be like those first two at the uh at the red bull ring they're going back to back um i do want to shout out somebody told me i haven't watched it yet but i think you know as we've got next few days f1 the killer years it's on youtube it's a documentary about kind of the 1950s you know basically like 60s before all the all the safety stuff came into play. So, Mm -hmm. you know, guys are just getting ejected left and right. So I'm going to watch that and hopefully get some more, some more background and context. And then the other thing is, you know, finally starting to realize like how scummy Ferrari is. They're pulling down hundreds of millions of dollars. They like, they just get a fee from formula one every year for being Ferrari. For, for for why just just like, like they've negotiated it yeah at some point? yeah they basically said hey we're so important like the formula one doesn't exist without us we're so important that which you know like the more and more i find out about ferrari like the more of a disgrace they are <laughs> so they, they are kind of fun to hate i know they made a move uh they, they made a move in their in their stable this past week i think they they subbed out somebody you know somebody important on the on the car front um, i don't know if it's a mechanic I, tc i'm i don't i don't i don't know the uh the terminology that well but i know they're they're not happy yeah with the season they've had which they shouldn't be uh, racing points way faster than them right now and mclaren too right I, yeah i like mclaren mclaren's plucky yeah it's it, i think it's an interesting thing right now with between mclaren you got you got signs leaving for Ferrari, so he's kind of in a lame duck year. You've got Ricardo going to McLaren, 
Did you see the the uh, the whole Instagram picture of Ricardo and and Max on the plane together? Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, I think Max either Max gave Ricardo a ride home or Ricardo gave Max a ride home back to Monaco. So um, I don't need Max hanging around with exactly. With Ricardo. There was there was certain whiffs of a, a certain you know RF. Uh, Superstar athlete. <laughs> so, um, um, how's your trip going? Trips the trips really well. Uh, we so I, I spent a week in Cincinnati, uh, highlighted by three days driving over. We got our strapped in in Peoria, which was just delightful. Met a lot of awesome folks over there. I think uh, I don't know exactly the dates that will come out yet, but I know. DJ is efforting, and I think the folks will enjoy that. And then I got to play Hyde Park Country Club, the real Hyde Park, with with a couple refugee guys. So that was that was thrilling getting back there. Your true, and then uh, I, your 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 true roots. My, I, my know, true home. Everybody yeah, knows that home. Randy. Uh, <laughs> Randy grew up playing private golf. <laughs> I grew up on the private golf scene in, in Cincinnati. Um, and then, yeah, got flew up here to Northern Michigan with the rest of the family. And it's just been really, really relaxing. The weather, you know, a hot day up here is about 80 degrees. We've been overall pretty fortunate. A couple of rainy days, real little rainy overcast today, but I'm, I'm here through this next week. So forecast looks, looks really nice playing, got to play golf of, few times with my old boss at the Heather and uh, played a couple times with Good Bar, my brother-in-law. It's just been, yeah, it's just been nice. Good Bar said his, he, his game was in shambles after Bandon. I know, but he's been playing. He's, he's found it. He's, he's been very, uh, very respectable up here. He's, he's playing his, you know, hits a lot of fairways, hits some greens. Make some putts. Just <laughs> for those who remember, Good Bar was the one we sent Max. It was like one of the first roast my swings, I think, and and uh, or that, actually this I think this even predated Max, where you know I th- like people were genuinely shook by Good Bar's swing. So we may have to post that in conjunction with this episode. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it was just a roast roast our swing, but with our audience. Um, People, people roast a good bar swing. My, my old boss, Dave, Dave Trudell, shout out, shout out Dave Trudell. Uh, he did say to, to good bar on the first tee, he's like, man, I, I forgot what your swing looks like. I was expecting you to start your downswing and you still had a ways to go in that backswing. Uh, yeah, he bounces it off the, bounces it off his back. But no, it's, it's good. Um, all all good up here. I'm really curious about your trip. You you you've been exploring uh, the the real Midwest of this country, the the Great Plains. Tell me about that. Yeah, I took I took eight flights on my trip. Uh, <laughs> two two separate <laughs> rental cars. Yeah, flew into KC. Um, which by the way, that airport is a fucking disgrace. I mean, uh, yeah, you did not like that one. It, it is a glorified Greyhound bus station. Um, mm. but I guess they're building a new one, so we'll see. Uh, but it was weird. They, you know, like that, that's a big storage spot for all the airlines. So Delta had about, I don't know, probably 120 jets just lined up, just, you know, out there. 
like just storing them for now. Um, Did you read they got to test uh, the FAA's potential problems with all the 737s again? that have been in storage? Yeah. Like all the Maxes? So no, no, like regular 737. Sick. They've had like four incidents with uh, 737s that have been in like long-term storage. Huh. Not good. So, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, all good. So, yeah, so then I, yeah, so uh, went out to some guy's backyard, Bruff Creek National. Those guys <laughs> rolled out the red carpet. It is awesome, man. Like I had... I was trying to like keep it, you know, keep my expectations in check. But I also I was like, all right, this place is gonna be really cool. It blew me away. Um, it just the the condition, like it had rained four and a half inches the morning I got there, and mm-hmm. we, I think we got out there about three p.m. And by the time we get out there, it was like all the greens were bone dry. It was unbelievable. Um, and, uh, and it, the pictures I've seen, it looks like they're growing great grass. Yeah, and it looks. Yeah, and the greens looks- are slow, but they're consistent. So you know exactly, you know, and, and the ball comes off the slopes too. So, um, yeah, I was blown away by the place. I'll I'll probably throw an Instagram. I I like recorded an Instagram story, but we just got we ended up getting so shit faced that I didn't want to throw it up that day. And that was the night of my one percent recovery on Whoop. Um, so well, we are the one percent, TC. Yeah. I had a one percent in Peoria. <laughs> you know, I had some bush lights and. We had a 5.30 a.m. wake-up call for our last round. It was miserable. Uh, yeah, I saw that 1% recovery and was really concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's jarring when you see it. You know, you're like, oh, shit, yeah. like, you know, it, it just hasn't actualized yet. Like, no, it did. It just, you just really didn't get any rest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so went out there with our boy Ben. And then, yeah, next morning we woke up at like 4.45 or 5 to, to drive out to Hutchinson, Kansas and play Prairie Dunes. That place is awesome. Uh, I was a little bit terrified just going out there playing left-handed, uh, especially yeah. on a 1% recovery day. But uh, shot 93-93 um, from, you know, decent plates, Listen, like 6,000 plus. So You're a battler, and I think people need to know that. Yeah, I you're finished. You're a total fighter. I you're a pit bull fighter. Eight, eight on the one round, and then I finished like double, 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 triple or something on the last round. So... You know, gotta gotta learn how to close left-handed, but uh, you know, part one of the hardest holes I've ever played, the the eighth hole out there. But yeah, Prairie Dunes was you, you'll love it. It's it's got shades of I don't know. I mean, it's like un it's it, it's unlike anywhere else because you're in the middle of Kansas, but you've got all these crazy dunes that kind of remind you of Karn. It's like Karn and Pasatiempo put together. It's wild. Wow. Um, cool people too. Great great national membership and. Uh, but yeah, so played 36 there with the, the Lippold brothers, uh, the great hosts. And then from there, uh, we drove back to KC. Um, and then for, the next day I drove up to Lincoln, Nebraska. I'd never been to Lincoln before. I'd only been to the west side of the state. Um, you know, drove by the house that Bill Callahan built. Very and, cool. And, uh, and that, you know, Bo Pelini solidified. Um, was anybody still talking about Frank Solich's time there? Oh, I mean, the place was a buzz, you know, just absolutely yeah. buzzing about Solich. Uh, you know, it's Captain Morgan Solich, I think is what we called him in college. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, um, yeah, long-time Ohio University coach now. And then, uh, but yeah, played, uh, went to 
uh, refuge meetup. Uh, first night, I went, went over to Mark Reyes' place and yeah, drank like, he's a sommelier from Chicago, drank all the wine. Um, so I kind of recovered the night prior and then, you know, drank just copious amounts of wine. So I think I had like an 11% recovery that night. We woke up at 5 a.m. again, drove out to central Kansas, played Avari Dunes, which is a Jim, Jim Ang design. Let's say it was hit or miss. Um, you know, just, just a, some wacky, wacky greens. And then played Wild Horse that afternoon. Uh, Wild Horse was awesome. Got great drone footage. We got some whiffs of the Megalite out there, uh, out in Gothenburg, Kansas. Stayed there and then went to uh, flew out of North Platte the next morning. Went North Platte to Denver. Denver to Chicago. Chicago to Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, flew into Duluth, hopped in a car, drove over to Brainerd to see my swing coach, Chris Foley, over in Brainerd. Shout out Panther Chris. Yeah, Panther Chris. Had dinner with Panther Mike. Um, and then, yeah, worked on my swing the next day. He got me all sorted. I'm hitting the shit out of the driver now. And then uh, and then that night, drove back over to Duluth, checked in at uh, Fitgers on the lake, and uh, met met our, our our friend Laz there and played Northland for the next two and a half days. It was awesome. That's awesome. I think I'm gonna join. Yeah. I'm gonna join as a national member. So I know. I I heard you guys. Or I saw that on Twitter. I think Laz was saying the same thing. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's just it's special place, man. It feels like I think Duluth. It feels like Inverness, kind of the gateway to like the Highlands. So it's a gateway to kind of that that. Um, you know, kind of that northwest coast of of Lake Superior there, and uh, yeah, just really, really cool. Um, you know, place, people, course. Uh, Superintendent Jake, Oli, the head pro. I mean, everybody like I've so basically. I went yeah. up to do a crash course, and it's going to turn into like essentially a Taurus sauce episode. It'll be it'll be that, <laughs> it'll be that involved. So. I know Laz is from Minnesota. Has had Laz ever played it? Yeah, yeah, he had played it quite a bit okay. growing up, and then a couple of his buddies from you know the caddy yard growing up. Um, so yeah, so I'm basically just dipped my toe into Minnesota golf, and now I've got a list of about thirty courses I need to get back up and play. One of which is over by Panther Chris, uh, the classic over at over in Brainerd. That place is supposed to be insane so but yeah i mean one of the days it was like 57 degrees and rainy and they were like oh you know it's been so dry and nicer i'm like no this is really nice like this is <laughs> you you have no idea how good this feels right now so that's, yeah that's the thing coming up to northern michigan getting off the plane and it was like 60 i don't know 65 and overcast it it was glorious yeah. getting out of the out of the heat and humidity uh well that's awesome man i i know Lots of lots of video and, and content forthcoming on on your trip. So yeah. only only bad thing is just just the flights. I mean, like, like to get back here, I had to fly Duluth to Chicago to Dulles to Jacks. Like we're we're getting absolutely yeah. boned here in Jacks as far as as far as uh, and it was going to be the same thing if I flew Delta. It was going to be you know Duluth to Minneapolis to Atlanta. I was going to say Jacks. So yeah, Delta took away the Minneapolis to Jacks flight right yeah. now. Yeah, which is and I truly think, a tough. And I think the Detroit one's only a, a couple times a week now, and they've throttled the Denver one back a bunch on United. So we're just we're criminally underserved here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, we turn our eyes. We'll set up our, our conversation for Memphis. Um, big, big week. I know you're a huge fan of the WGC, so be be really cool. Well, they kind um, of boned this WGC kind of boned Reno because they've, they've gone much, much deeper on the world rankings than they normally do because some guys aren't playing and they expanded the field just to give more playing opportunities. But in the meantime, they've, they've just gutted the Reno field to where, you know, Reno is, 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 is I think Hunter Mahan got in on his own number. Um, you know, you've got guys like that, that, that are basically just getting in out of past champ status. So they're scraping the barrel for, for Reno is what you're saying. They are, but I, that's kind of what I dig about Reno. Like, yeah, like give them even more sponsors exemptions and just get a bunch of young, you know, young kids in the field. Like I know, um, like I, I think Will Gordon, they were going to give him an exemption, but I think he got in on his own, obviously. And then, you know, but like Justin saw, or, you know, some of those guys that, that like weren't in that top four, of the guys that came out last year, they were in that next four. They just kind of got screwed because it was such a strong class. So anyway, what I find, I love watching Reno and they're in a new course this year in Reno, uh, up, up more towards Tahoe. So, huh. yeah. So are they still doing Stableford? They're still doing Stableford. There's still be, a, there'll be even higher elevation now, but they're up in like <laughs> right. Truckee instead of, uh, instead of at Montreux. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get, um, have you ever been to Memphis? Uh, just driven through. Haven't really spent any time there. Okay. Have, have you? I've never, no, never been. Um, I have never driven through even. So, um, was, was very thankful for our guest. I, I am a big fan, uh, huge Ja Morant fan currently on the Grizz. I think he's electrifying. I, uh, I think I would have drafted him over Zion Williamson as I was telling you in the commission last year in our text thread, but I've generally enjoyed the, uh, the Grizzlies brand of basketball over the, you know, like the last what decade. Um, seems like ever since they brought in the Gasol brothers, they've, uh, you know, Zach Randolph, the Gasol brothers, Tony Allen, it's been Mike Conley. Yeah. Uh, they, they've had some, some fun teams. Conley seems uh, like a pro's pro and he's out in Utah now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be like a complete pros pro. And then, yeah, so, I mean, you know, Tony Allen. What can you say? And and, and really, Zebo too. There's, there's, you know, there's nothing I can say about those guys that that's going to do them justice. Two of them. Zebo turned around his career in Memphis. Yeah. I, I was very, very glad for that. He had a bad reputation coming out of Portland. Those but, teams played so freaking hard too. Yeah. Who was the coach there? Was, no. it, was it Malone? Malone was there, yeah, for a spell. Um, I actually don't know. I'll try to look it up real quick. I don't know who preceded Malone, but um, the shame was, like, if you put that team in the East, right, they would have been – I think they could have done some damage in the East. They would have been like, just like, a, stuck like a in the good wind. three or four seed. Instead of a yeah. six or seven. Like a li- yeah, yeah, like a live. And they could have pushed, you know, bronze calves or even given the Heat some games too, I feel like. But they just had such a ceiling playing in the Western Conference. Um, growing up in Cincinnati, I know the, the Bearcats were always uh, going back and forth. They used to go back and forth yeah. with the Memphis Tigers. Conference Anthony USA. Hardaway. Bare knuckle yeah, brawls. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, their football team, I've been amazed what the Memphis Tigers have been able to do. Started kind of with uh, like Justin Fuente, who's now at Vautech. Yeah. Got that. And then Norville got that came in. Around. Yeah. Be interesting to see if they can keep it going with Norval Lehman. So, and then I, th- I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, give a shout out to FedEx. That's true. That's, but I think we should really give a shout out to our guy AJ. Yeah, AJ at the, at the UPS, UPS store, store in Atlantic in Beach. Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, Atlantic uh, Beach. Yeah. yeah, that guy handles his business. He yeah. might be the Mike Conley of of UPS store managers. <laughs> yeah, AJ, if you're um, listening, you're you're a stud, dude. Complete stud. Like I, nobody handles their business like AJ. Because I I hate uh, I hate going and sending stuff. I hate going to the post office. I hate going to FedEx store. I hate going to the UPS store. But if I know AJ is going to be there, he just everything is taken out of my hands. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grizzly pre pre culpa. I can see people freaking out. So Lionel Hollins was the guy right. who really started to turn it around. But then Dave uh, Dave Yeager. Yeager, was okay. The guy. And then he just kind of yeah. inexplicably left, right? Yeah, yeah, which was weird. And then he ended up out in San- Sacramento. Yeah. And I thought he was doing a pretty good job in Sacramento, but Sacramento fired him for Luke Walton. So, I don't, yeah, I don't really know what. I, I think you need to, one of these days, you're going to have to issue a mea culpa for Sacramento. Because... <laughs> that that seems like the watch most play. dysfunctional no. organization, though. Like Vlade, the between the owner and Vlade Divac and Kevin Johnson was yeah. the mayor of the city. I mean, he's a bad guy. Uh, Listen, he's a bad guy. <laughs> you know, they fired. You know, they they keep going through coaches. Uh, it's just not Buddy, good. Buddy Heels a dis- Buddy Heels a bit of a disgrace. Um, they they I like they, Aaron Fox. they Aaron drafted Fox the kid from fun. from BYU, Jimmer couple years ago a few yeah, years ago right. no that was, that was a while ago. that was not yeah, good yeah, yeah. that was not good at all you're right you're right um marvin bagley though can play harry giles is good uh <laughs> but we can we can save that for another time uh all right anything else on memphis before before we uh before we throw it to our guest no i think that's it i think our guest is going to be you know he's just such a tre- treasured trove of information about about the local area so, yeah. And I tell you what, on Sacramento, right. we'll do that Napa week. We'll do that Safeway week. Oh, perfect. We'll perfect. get deep I can on break down. Sacramento. Yeah, I can break down why I chose the Kings. And, yeah. yeah. So, okay. That's fair. Uh, well, before we do throw it to our guest, I want to TC, are we still any new change with the Herbal Active Regiment? Uh, well, the, the nights I had the 1 and 11% recovery, uh, I didn't take it. So, you know, maybe that mm. tells you something. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I need to be better about taking it on my regimen as far as when I'm traveling. You know, now that we're starting to get back out in the wild a little bit more, still being super responsible, but, you know, work's taking us a few places. We're wearing masks and all that. But, uh, but yeah, as far as, you know, actually took it last night and I slept like a baby because I've been, I, I feel like I put so many nights together on, on the road, which is in different beds and all that. I came home and I've been, exhausted for three days and i've been taking it the last few days and it's it's definitely helped even me out well, good. more. good uh folks can it's herbal active uh cbd they can check out the website herbalactive.com that's u-r-b-a-l-a-c-t-i-v.com 
The promo code is TRAPDRAW20. Get you 20% off at checkout. They have a wide assortment of products uh, from drops that you can put in morning coffee, evening tea, any any beverage you want. They have balm that you can rub you know, on aches and pains. They have mints, gum, the key all lime, kinds of products. Key lime mints. That's my jam. I'll do the drops, but also yeah. but also the key lime mints. They're perfect. Yeah. So. Just just whenever you need it, they're there. So check out herbalactive.com. Trapdraw20 is the promo code, and we thank them as well for sponsoring this episode of the Trapdraw. Now on to our guest to tell us all about Memphis. Hey. Kyle, it's Randy and Tron. What's up, homie? Morning, Damon. Morning. <laughs> We're here in it's Florida. Pretty it's pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I don't have Gary Player tweeting at me today, so that's good. Hey, the, really, the, the the expert thing to do is get Gary Player to block you. <laughs> Did he block you? Oh, yeah, he blocked me like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> How come? Uh, I think I was – I retweeted some old video about him from him uh, – at the at Lytham in the oh yeah in the open when he was you know, blatantly cheating and then uh, <laughs> and then also uh, you know I think I I dug into some old apartheid quotes from him too oh boy yeah so maybe yeah, a bad or sick guy that's that's the that's oh. a, a little one two punch there Lytham and the apartheid yeah thirsty Gary well listen Kyle when we thought Memphis like. You were the first. You were the first. You were You're absolutely top sure. of mind. Subject matter yeah. expert. I, I, for sure. I mean, who else? I mean, we, we thought about calling, uh, you know, Project Pat or, um, you know, our friends at 3-6 Mafia or Trick, <laughs> tri- uh, Trick or Treat Tony Allen, Justin Timberlake, but we thought, you know what? We're just settled for Zach Randolph. Yeah. But you know what? Porter, Porter puts all those guys to shame. Oh gosh! Um, yeah, I mean, I am the I am Mr. Memphis, I suppose. I mean, we got to ask you about the tweet, right? Like that's that's the place we got to start. For sure, yeah. Like when you sent that tweet, did you ever like? Did you give it a second thought? No. Well, we got to go back to to the tweet itself. What was? Of course. What was no. the tweet? Yeah, set the context. I want I want you to set the context for us, if you don't mind. Wait, are we ta- are we doing this right now? Are we taping, <laughs> buddy? We've been recording since you picked up. <laughs> I'll edit some of it out, <laughs> but yeah, we're 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 going. Okay, so you you know what? I, when I think back on that, the um, the thing that I do think about, or that I I remember thinking before I hit send, uh, man, I I wonder if this, this is the only thing I thought. I wonder if the PGA Tour itself, the organization, will be frustrated because you you know, like it can be you've got the four majors and it kind of drowns out some of the other stuff that's going on. So I was like, I wonder if the tour will be mad about this, not the entire region of, you know, Memphis, but the tour itself, because I, I was essentially just comparing Portrush to TPC Southland, which is, you know, you can try to do this stuff on Twitter. That's like extremes, right? Like you hit the extremes and so you're like, well, this is like one of the seven best courses in the world against TPC Southland. That's, that was the entire point of the tweet. Which I would argue then, that TPC Southwind is probably one of the seven best TPCs. 
Well, but the, I mean that. Right. Yeah, that's not, that's not like. The, but that's that's great, like saying the greatest list. It's damning with faint praise. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so then it and then the next thing I know, I'm like on this Monday Tuesday apology tour the week after the the Open Championship. I'm on Gary Parish's show in Memphis. I'm on all these all these podcasts, and it, it was a it was a whirlwind. I felt like I won the Open. Well, okay. So your tweet, July twentieth. 2019 said, quote, <laughs> imagine how jarring it's going to be to go to Memphis, Tennessee for a golf tournament next week. And just below that is a picture, this gorgeous picture showing um, Royal Port, Port Rush. And, yeah. And I, well, I think my, my, my misstep was saying Memphis instead of Southland. Right, but I thought people would understand what I was saying. Did you know the very first the very first response though was somebody coming with a picture of St. Jude's Children's Hospital? Did you know you were in trouble right away? <laughs> oh, when they... I got I got drugged through the mud on that on the St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I made fun of the those bags, yeah, that uh, TaylorMade did. I don't know last year, a couple of years ago, those yellow and red bags that looked like a DHL. Right. Like like um, livery on a DHL plane or a DHL pa- uh, package, and people were like, "Fuck you, man! Like, why do you hate the kids?" Like, <laughs> I was like, "I don't hate the kids. I just I was just making a sartorial remark about these ugly ass bags." I yeah, I got I, I, I got to think you knew you're in trouble when it's like, "Oh God, they're bringing the kids right away against me." <laughs> I knew I was in trouble when the first like. Uh, the first anti-curing cancer stuff started rolling in. Like you, you, you're pro, you're like pro cancer. Right. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I just, I really like the fifth hole at port rush. Like that was my whole point. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know where all this other stuff is, but yeah, early on I was like, well, this is, this is going to go bad. I mean, people took it personally. There were columns written. What's like in what's the in, Memphis? Is it the Commercial Appeal? Is that the paper there? It sounds like it. Uh, that sounds right. What, what's the deal with like? I, don't don't you feel like every newspaper from every town is like just something super generic? Yeah, which it's makes like, you appreciate the the weird ones, like the Plain yeah. Dealer in Cleveland. Right, right. Like every newspaper is like the Star Tribune. You're like, what? Well, there's like eighty of those. In the Inquirer and the yeah, the, yeah, the Daily yeah. News, right? Yeah. Um, can I read a couple of the responses? Like gambling, oh, gambling, please. gambling rebel came in at you and said, "Hey, CBS Golf, you can send Kyle Porter to a, lo- a to a location more suitable to his tastes. No one will care if he doesn't have to suffer a week in Memphis." All those kids with cancer who benefit from that tourney won't mind if you replace them with someone who appreciates St. Jude. Many people, yeah, hey, Gary Parrish, come get your boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) How how often do people, uh, like, associate you with the larger CBS? Like, you speak for all of CBS. Like, hey, CBS Sports, fuck this guy for this take. This is a bad take. Like, come get your boy. Yeah. Yeah, I get I get DMs about like, hey, w- you know, fix the fix the music coming back from uh, from commercial on the broadcast. I'm like, first of all, I, I'm not I, I'm not part of the broadcast. Second of all, I, I don't even know where to begin to fix them. Like, 
stuff like that. At, and, and I get why people do it, but it's just like this huge umbrella of everybody who works for a, a CVS entity is like all under the, the same company, which is not, which is not. The it's like, it's like CVS outdoor. They do all the, all the billboards on the interstate. It's like, Kyle, like this, this billboard's broken. Why don't you fix Why don't you get somebody <laughs> to fix it? You know, you know, what's funnier is like, I was thinking about this, but you guys were, were reading through those is my friends They like, you know, whether they follow golf or not, like they're on, some of them are on Twitter or whatever. And every once in a while, they'll just be like, Hey, how's, how's the Memphis thing going? Like a year later, <laughs> like they'll just, just, just kind of like half like taunting me and half like just messing around. Be like, you, you going to Memphis? Like what's the deal? Here? Have you <laughs> ever been hilarious. to Memphis? Uh, yeah, that's. Yes. I went, <laughs> I covered the, uh, I covered the, the, the Oklahoma State Missouri Liberty Bowl there two years ago. Uh, oh my gosh, that sounds like an absolute how weird is dynamite that stadium? trip? That's a weird stadium, like weird shape. The stadium, right? The stadium is is not good. I mean, it's I mean, it, it yeah, it's like a it's it's really bad. It's really like it's kind of it kind of reminds me of the uh, the old Cotton Bowl. Like it's just kind of run down, and it's just it's not great. It's and it's and it's really small. It was a it was a weird. Like that whole game, because you've got these teams that are like, their their expectations are are bigger than like the Liberty Bowl, and then they're there, and the fans are like kind of excited. I don't know. The whole thing was was strange, but Memphis was great. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Christopher Hall tweeted at you. You should have chosen your words more wisely. You get no do overs. <laughs> this is Memphis, and we love our kids at St. Jude. I mean. <laughs> I, I, the, the thing that I don't get is coming in like right off the top of the St. Jude thing. I'm like, I, I don't like, I didn't even approach that. <laughs> I got shit. You did. I you talk shit about Memphis, ago, Kyle. You're talking shit about St. Jude's and you're talking shit about the kids. I said something about the Shriners, the uh, Vegas event. And yeah. s- same kind of thing. It was like, oh, like, cool. You must love like, you know, not helping burn victims. I'm like, <laughs> What the, what the hell, guys? Like, there's no nuance anymore, you know? Oh, God. Yeah. So, um, what's going on down on the Plex, man? <laughs> Enough Memphis talk. Yeah. What's <laughs> Well, I mean, all of all of our trap draws kind of talk to each other now. Like, we can talk Plex, we can talk Memphis, we can talk a variety of things. With mm-hmm. Kyle. Uh, there's not a ton. Hot as hell. Uh, can't go outside to go swimming. Which is brutal. Um, I don't. I don't know. Uh, did you guys see the the thing this week about uh, potentially no high school football in Texas this year? I, I have not read that. Pretty crazy. Are people like near near uh, full scale revolt or marching in the streets because of because of that? There might be. Yeah. I. I, I uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough scene if there's no no Texas high school. I mean, that might be. What do you guys think is a bigger deal, Mac football or Texas high school football? Texas high school football. for sure. Texas high school football. Yeah, like so I don't. Like, I don't think I was ever at a Miami game where we had more than eighteen thousand in the stands. Who, speaking of, I'm glad you brought up Miami. Who, who's more? Who's more revered in Miami sports history between Roethlisberger and Derby? Uh, Roethlisberger. I would say by alums, 
Zerbiak. Alums seem to love Zerbiak, but the general populace is obviously Roethlisberger. Yeah, and I guess revered um, because every- Roethlisberger is the biggest, the bigger name, and football just has a bigger place at the school, and the alums are more vocal and they give more, and so you you like you see Ben more often. Um, yeah, Wally does do a lot of things for the university, and I could talk to you for the next two hours about how pissed I am that you know the administration is essentially has turned a blind eye towards men's basketball, uh, and the program has do- gone down the toilet the last decade. But it's like that meme where you know, you've got like Miami men's basketball, and then hockey came on the scene, and they just totally forgot about basketball. Like yeah. terrible hockey argument. over over basketball. Shit, we almost won the national championship. Uh, yeah, a few years back. No, I mean if you can believe it, yeah. Um, they had there was a guy in the athletic department, Steve Cady, who has been instrumental in his names on the new hockey arena. Um, they, yeah, it, it's it's mind blowing just how little time, energy, and resources have gone into men's basketball. But I would say, like among alums, hockey or the uh, Roethlisberger is so. Like I mean, I remember my freshman year at Miami was Roethlisberger's rookie year in the NFL, and like he he came back and and had a threesome with two girls in my in my freshman dorm. Like he's just he is for legal reasons. I'm just gonna say allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> but like he 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 cannot like he he could not have been a bigger shithead at least for his first ten years in the league and when he came back to Miami and the way that he carried himself. It's interesting because I think he's starting to own that a little bit. I don't know if you've seen his comments yeah. recently, yeah. Um, which, you know, if it's genuine, great for him. Yeah. Uh, but it, it has been weird. You know, his name's on the new – he was like a lead contributor to this big new indoor practice facility, which is really cool. Um, his jersey's retired. Like, he's he's the football alum everybody points to, and it was really awkward there for a while. I was like, you know, this guy's not – not a great guy by any means. Um, well, I think it's, I think about this with golf sometimes of how like you become so rich and so famous in such a short amount of time. And if you're not like equipped or prepared to deal with that, I mean, it can go badly, right? Like I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. That's why I, I, sometimes I look at like the, not to bring LeBron into this, but even like Tiger, and you're like, I don't know, he's immature or he has been, but like, who of us wouldn't be, right? Like, I, I, right. I, I just, I don't know. Like that, that whole scene is so weird. And um, yeah, I, I actually think it's more impressed. I'm like more surprised when it doesn't go badly than than when it does go mm-hmm. badly. Well, for sure. To to your point about Roethlisberger too, like it really did come out of nowhere. He didn't start playing quarterback until his senior year of high school was yeah. I, I think you know Ohio State took a look at him as a tight end uh, Miami offered him as a quarterback and that's how he ended up there his high school coach kind of dicked him over too yeah right? his high school coach like, they, like his, his son, son was, was the, the quarterback, quarterback until he graduated and then Roethlisberger was the quarterback uh, his senior year and and so yeah just along those lines you know spends his first two years in the Mac at Miami and is a good player and you can tell it's buzz is starting to build and then his junior year they go 13 and one and 
he's, uh, you know, 4,500 yards and all the touchdowns and all of a sudden a first-round draft pick and then finds himself in Pittsburgh and is starting as a rookie and they win the Super Bowl. And it's just like, oh, wow, how did that – just the yeah. whirlwind of, uh, of activity there. But – Can we talk about Oklahoma State football? Uh, yeah. Well, I got one please. other – Oh, I got, sure. I got one other Dallas thing. Yeah. So uh, we're selling a house right now, which is uh, – it's the worst experience. Have you guys ever sold a house? No. No, I've never bought a house. I bought one last year but didn't haven't sold yet. I've never sold one either. And it is – so we're, we're doing a for sale by owner. And it is like the – because like your house, right? Like where you live, it's such an intimate thing. And it's like the most – like selling a house is the most impersonal thing ever. Like I feel like I'm at like a meat market. Like and, – and like the way you talk about like – it's just, it's bizarre. Like the code words that real estate agents use and the whole thing is very strange. So why'd you guys go buy, buy owner versus just pony up and, and, uh, it's just, and do, you, and do you regret doing that now after, after, after having been through some of the process? Some of it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was <laughs> uh, on, on the, on the front part, I was like, Oh yeah, we can, yeah, we'll do this. We got this. And now I'm like, ah, I see why people hire real estate. <laughs> do you have to run the open houses yeah i gotta run the scheduling <laughs> and the and like hey you know mask up everybody i mean it's a it's a circus oh my god do you have to get like a cheese plate and, and <laughs> yeah do you put the fine touches out chocolate chip cookies in the oven yeah the whole thing gosh how, how often do you clean your house now is it uh, a nightmare trying to keep it spotless yes it's it's yeah it's really bad and like the kids don't comply and you know, it, it, it's high stress levels. I, I feel like I'm operating at beef like stress levels in my house right now. Are you guys moving just to a bigger place? Are you moving to a different yeah. part of town or? Yeah. Now it's like two blocks over, just a little bit bigger, bigger, well, bigger content shed for more of my taste. <laughs> yeah. What part of the Plex do you live in? Uh, it's like North. It's like 10 miles north of downtown. So like between downtown and Plano, basically. Richardson. That's commish oh, territory. That's where the commission is well, Yeah, we got to put you in touch with our guy, commish. He'll, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll let you in on all the secrets, like at Jason's Deli. Um, <laughs> he's got some hacks on how to, how to beat the system at Jason's Deli. Really <laughs> scummy stuff. Uh, speaking of the flex, the, the commish. So I know we, we, we got into – we haven't really talked about it on – the pod all that much. We talked about it with Megan Schuster a little bit for um, Minnesota, but um, we got into a little bit of a tiff, Randy and I. Randy's a big Kroger guy. I love Publix personally here in Florida. Um, Publix is, or Kroger's terrible in Atlanta. My Kroger experiences in Ohio have been great. Okay. So I think that's an important distinction, but our buddy, the commish always rides for HEB uh, yeah. down in, down in, in uh, Texas. So yeah. and, uh, I know you're a big fan as well. Yeah. I, I love HEB. I've got uh, a whole page of notes here on grocery stores. If we want to just like roll through them. Central market I better be included too. Cause central markets. I didn't central market is, is I think the gold standard. It's the player's championship of, of uh, grocery stores. But is it national though? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, well, I don't know. I think it, I think it's owned by HEB. I might be wrong about that. What does HEB stand for? I've never heard of HEB. So it's, uh, I think it's 
the guy's name, Howard E. Butts. There you go. It's obviously a based made up, in San it's obviously a made up name. <laughs> it does sound made up now that I say it out loud. <laughs> there, there's only okay. ten Central Market locations. Uh, there's 340 HEB locations. Well, because I think yeah. you can have some really fine local markets, but like Kroger, Publix, I, I, they're two different discussions, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so is, let's so let's center this on HEB then. Okay. Well, what's HEB's reach? outside of texas like are they all over the south oh uh, yeah I, I i don't know i thought i thought that uh i thought Tom just said it's 340 location uh, yeah so i'm seeing if they're outside of texas at all um store locator here we go <laughs> this is good radio content you want me to just start rolling through my points? yeah yeah, yeah well so what makes heb so like what, what makes it good well it, i i just feel like okay so here's here's part of my thing and, and this is this has kind of come to light during the pandemic is it kind of reveals like who actually has like both good customer service and like fresh products because people are going to the grocery store all the time and it's like which of these places is capable of handling all this so my, my big thing is if you, and this is 80 percent of the of the battle if you have fresh meat that's like out and not packaged mm -hmm. if you have fresh produce and if you have a good like wine and beer selection, that's like eighty percent of the whole thing. Yeah, and like be and like having a butcher there where, and and having enough meat where hey, I want a cut of this, and the guy can go do yes. it for you. Yeah, that's that's the best. I don't yeah. want to go like sort through and like pick up all the prepackaged meats and like, well, how long has it mm -hmm. been sitting there? Like, I, I just that seems like that seems like a low bar to clear if you're a grocery store. Uh, HEB, no locations outside of Texas. They have 300 and something locations inside Texas, but they do have locations in Mexico. Wow. Is, so they're an international. International, but not interstate. <laughs> <laughs> they're regional, yet international. Huh. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, okay, uh, my, my next point, you want to expand on that? Oh, well, hold on. I want to say real quick, I am not anti-Publix. I am pro Kroger though. So I think I, I want to give a shout out Kyle to your point, like Publix. I've been so impressed. They have the, the cart and basket washing operation, um, you know, disinfecting it right, right when, right when you walk in the store, you know, Hey, those are clean. They're so helpful. They're always asking if they can help carry the bags out to the car for me. I say, do I look like that feeble? I'm fine guys. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need that help, but their customer service is top notch. I think Kroger is... They, and they have a great store brand. They have... Yeah. I, it's certainly not a bad one. Uh, I part ways with you in that. I think Kroger is is great. Like The, the Kroger in High granted, Park. I've in, never been to an Atlanta Kroger, Kroger. The ones in... like The Krogers I've been to in Ohio are fantastic. The, whoever manages Kroger in Atlanta is a disgrace. <laughs> Uh, so that's, yeah, that was, that was all I needed to do. Kyle, I want to read a tweet from Kara. Kara said, I'm trying to imagine how quote jarring it must be not to have the insight to recognize the enormity of the impact that St. Jude has on children <laughs> and families everywhere and on the cultural history and beauty of Memphis, but go <laughs> off Kyle. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry. So what, yeah. What, what's on, what's next on your, uh, on your agenda? Uh, on my grocery store agenda? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so uh, two two stores that are overrated: Whole Foods and Kroger. Cro- Wait, why are you saying Kroger's overrated? Uh, it, it, because it, it 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 positions itself as like this. Um, I feel like it positions itself as like an Aldi, but it doesn't. It's it's not like clean and as cheap as Aldi. They're very stuck between release patterns. They try to be upmarket in some locations, and then they try to be like they're just getting their asses beat by Publix and Whole Foods and Fresh Market and other places. So they have to go down market. Yeah, and, maybe, it's, and it's closer to Win Dixie in the down market location. Maybe I'm just too biased. I, you know, my Kroger's experiences are in Cincinnati and Columbus. That's and that's, that's the corporate headquarters. Up exactly. There. They're they're great. They're clean and they have great service and great selection. I bet you ride for Macy's too, because Macy's is headquartered. No, in. Macy's left. I think <laughs> so. Macy's is out. They're out. But it's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. You would compare them to Aldi's. That that is an irresponsible take. Kyle, are you a big Topo Chico guy? Oh yeah, I feel like that's a prereq. Living down in Texas, yeah, you know for sure. Uh, okay, my next point: uh, Trader Joe's is uh, the <laughs> this, this was for Randy. Trader Joe's is the Ricky Fowler of uh, of I think like that's a great take. I think that's a. I think their produce stinks. Yeah, the produce it's all flash. It's, there's yeah. like no, I mean they yeah. it, they like make a ton of money, great. Like, but what what are you like? Where's the substance? They've got the substance is in the frozen foods. You know they've they, yeah, they, they do a good I, job with that. But you know, yeah, they should rename it Trader Rick. Possibly <laughs> Trader Vicks. <laughs> uh, no, that that's an interesting take. I think you certainly hear so much about Trader Joe's from you know. Honestly, like a lot of young single females is like, it seems to be a haven. Well, Kyle, I, I actually convinced um, Randy and DJ and Sally and Neil that like, you know, this was probably eight, eight to 10 months ago. I was like, guys, they, they closed the, uh, they closed the Trader Joe's in South Jackson Peach. And they're like, seriously? Like why? I'm like, like t- terrible news. They had to close it. And they're like, had them going for. A while and then they're like seriously like why'd they close it and i said there's just there's too many there's too many, there's too many attractive females there and it was it was a it was a, it was a concern I, and randy's single so I, I was just like randy like you gotta go post up there four o'clock you know four, four, like four to seven p.m two or three nights a week and you will you know get off tinder get off all the you know bumble all this stuff just go, go do laps around Trader just Joe's. Just go do laps around Trader Joe's in person. There were, yeah. Have you guys ever heard the rumors of like singles nights at the grocery store? Like if you ask somebody like where the peanut butter is, that's code for like, hey, I'm like, you know, hey, how are you? Uh, Wait, what? Is that real? <laughs> I don't know. I've never done it, but you always hear. Where's the peanut butter? Sounds, sounds well, kind of raunchy. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You always hear. I, I've never heard anything <laughs> like remotely close many, to that. Many people are saying this, according to Randy. I feel like that was going on in like the Columbus Krogers. That that was the word on the street. Um, you know, you get in that Krogers in, in Grandview and just a lot of singles around there. So you have yeah. to, you know, to you don't want to just go up there and, and shoot your shot out of turn. So, you know, you kind of couch it in. Or like what aisles the you know the cereal on or something whatever. Kyle, do you ever see that show Take Home Chef 
on uh, uh, I think it was on no. TLC. It was on TLC the, for the, a while. The only the only baking show I watch is uh, the Great British Baking Show. Uh, well, so so there was this guy Curtis Stone, this Australian guy, um, and kind of you know a, a distant relative of Adam Scott, kind of in that build and and um, you know persona. And uh, he would basically just go up to these like random housewives in the grocery store and say, "Hey, like I'm gonna, I want to, I want to cook dinner with you tonight." And like, wow. who are you cooking for? What are you like? What kind of meal are you cooking tonight? Well, you know, it's my husband and I. Um, you know, we just sent the kids off to camp or whatever, and so like they would plan out this whole meal, and then the husband or the boyfriend or whomever gets home, and, and Curtis is this. Like, like <laughs> macho Australian. Like, there's no doubt he's been named just one like of photogenic. People magazine's know. fifty most beautiful people. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, and so the husband gets home and he's like, "What the fuck's <laughs> going on here?" And Curtis's like, "Hey, mate, I'm I'm I met your lovely wife at the grocery store." And <laughs> nah, there's a, there's a split second between like there could be a fight <laughs> and there's a film crew and there's there. a film. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you see it just like that thought cross their mind though. Like, okay, it's time to go. Like so you I and I are see, gonna fight. You know, I could see Randy getting in that scene. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I, if anybody listening, try the, you know, ask a ask a young lady where the peanut butter is located. And there's a Whole Foods opening up in in South Jack's Beach, which is going to change the whole ecosystem down shift. here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The I the one thing I did want to say about Trader Joe's, though, Kyle, was as somebody who shops and and makes food for just myself, their portion sizes are really good. Uh, yeah, you, you can get smaller packages, uh, smaller portions, which is very helpful. So I do, yeah, I do want to give them credit I'm, for that. Yeah, I'm out on the big, the big portion stuff. I think it's I, this is my take on restaurants. Like, why do I, like, why are you giving me like, you know, three meals in one and try like just give me less and make it better? What? Yeah, uh, that's a good. Do you guys have sprouts? That that's where I shop. That's where I go. So I really like Sprouts. Sprouts, I think, is actually Kroger. I think is an investor in Sprouts. Um, yeah, because they can't they couldn't exactly. do it themselves. Yeah. So they had to pour money into somebody that yeah. did. Randy, there's a Sprouts that's smart manager. There's a Sprouts over off of Beach, um, like Beach and Kernan over there. You should check it out. Okay, it's, it's like a a lower cost version of Whole Foods, basically. Great yeah, produce, great meat, great yeah. seafood, um, good good beer selection. You know the works. So the one chain or the one store that seems completely stuck. Can somebody explain to me what the fresh market is? It's like uh, a, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. It's like a uh, if you need, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm gonna go to fresh market for a piece of meat, I would just go to my local butcher, like the upscale, like the whatever the nice butcher shop is around, or go to the local fishmonger or. You know, like there's no, there's no point. And the last few times I've been there, there's no, I'm not finding ingredients there that I can't find elsewhere. Fresh market is like Star Tribune. It needs some like differentiation. It needs like name differentiation. The, I, I think the fresh market's like a WGC event where it's like, <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no discernible difference other than like, Hey, we're going to have a limited selection. We're going to have a limited field here and it's going to be, devoid of any meeting, but we're going to act like it's more important and flashier. 
who 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 owns Fresh Market? That's what I had I think no it's just idea. Independent. Is it so? Although I don't know. I mean, who who owns anything these days? That's, I, I feel like there's like six companies in the world now. So, which speaking of Memphis, I feel like I mean FedEx is going to get bought here pretty soon, right? By Walmart or are they? <laughs> who could say? The Galloway Galloway has been. Do you follow Scott Galloway at all, Porter? Mm-mm, no. The um, No Mercy No Malice newsletter. Big big fans of that, but he. Um, He's been saying, you know, basically to counter to counter Amazon because Amazon's essentially setting up their own. They've cut FedEx and UPS out, and um, you know, so there's a lot of rumors that Walmart is going to purchase FedEx. Wow! So we're gonna have like, yeah, we're gonna have like six companies. It's gonna be like, it's gonna be like Amazon, Disney, Walmart, and Apple. Yeah, and then like, and Google, then and Google, and, and Lululemon, and then Costco too. <laughs> Costco. Costco. I'll ride for Costco. I finally got a Costco membership again. After uh, you, <laughs> yeah, after we Commish offered you one, and yeah. you never. Their Kirkland, their meat and their lamb. They have the best lamb I think of anywhere. Um, I don't like lamb. <laughs> uh, Kyle, I want to read you another tweet. Okay. This is from Brad Logan, and he wrote, "You may not like Memphis." Frankly, I don't give a damn. What I do know is the children of St. Jude who are suffering from cancer appreciate the millions of dollars the WGC FedEx brings to St. Jude each year. We're also very appreciative of FedEx as well. Just a terrible tweet. <laughs> Kyle, what do you, you think know, about the the uh, the seersucker jacket that the winner gets? At, at, uh, at Memphis? Yeah. Is it a seersucker? I think it's seersucker. I know in the past it was when when Burger won. I remember him putting a seersucker jacket on. Yeah, that's fine as long as it's unique. I don't need another tartan jacket. It goes to like six different winners throughout the you know forty event season. As, as long as it's unique, that's fine. You know who would uh, who I would love to read those tweets like just just jacked up about them. Randy is uh, is Jim Rome. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he, like yeah. him, him reading those would be phenomenal. Clones, we're not going to do this, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, are you are you a Rome fan? Uh, my dad used to listen to him when I was growing up. Did he call in? Uh, no, no. I think. Did you guys ever used to call in? I sent him some emails. I called in once. I, I called in. I remember. Uh, I lived in Houston, and I used to call in not to Jim Rome, but to uh, like the Astros post game show, like where they would do like trivia. Oh, sure. I would. I used to do that. I called into Dan Patrick before. Um, I called yeah, into was, Hank Haney's show <laughs> before before <laughs> before, like before his demise. No, like last year. Well, Haney sent Randy a bunch of voodoo cream. Yeah, he sent me a bunch of <laughs> he sent me a bunch of voodoo cream. <laughs> so I used to call his show. Uh, something else Memphis related. How about that pyramid? The Memphis pyramid. They turn it into a Bass Pro Shops. It's, it's now the largest Bass Pro Shops in the world. Why did they build it, it? Really? Yeah. Why did they build it in the first place? Wait, didn't it used to be the, the basketball? Arena? Yeah. Like, can you imagine? And that? It's, like, a, it's yeah. a Bass Pro. It's a Bass Pro Shops now. Yeah. I think it's like, like something like aquarium a little bit, and then it's like one of the largest wow. pyramids in the world, right? 
You're right. That's it, crazy. It was originally built as a 20,000-seat arena. Um, it's, it was initially known as the Great American Pyramid, formerly referred to as the Pyramid Arena, and locally it's referred to as the Pyramid or the Tomb of Doom or the Bass Pro Shops Pyramid. <laughs> Have Un- we uh, have we have we gotten Brandel's take on that on that pyramid? Did you see his take on pyramids the other day? No, no. Uh, let me read it to you. Was this his whole like you know this isn't this isn't new knowledge? This is just old knowledge like relearned yeah, or something. I think I think that was it. Let me see if I can find it. So the pyramid has a, a shopping, a hotel, restaurants, a bowling alley, an archery range, and an outdoor observation deck adjacent to its apex. Well, we talked about the Mall of America last week. Power rank the Memphis Pyramid and Minnesota's Mall of America. Which one are you? you want, yeah, Kyle. Which one are you going to check out first? Well, I've been to I've been to the Mall of America. I went after the the sixteen Ryder Cup. Um, I really liked it. It was cool. Did you ride the rides? No, I just got some something to eat. But they had like like really good food at the at the portion that I was in. I, actually, I, yeah, I stayed right off the Mall of America at the women's KPMG in 2019, and I got a few meals from restaurants there at the mall as well. <laughs> it was good. Uh, so, so the pyramid. Going back to the pyramid, it uh, it is in the same kind of iconic. So, so there's three iconic Tennessee structures, according to, um, I don't know, whoever. <laughs> Uh, the 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 AT&T building in Nashville, Knoxville Sun Sphere, which I know Spencer Hall oh sure uh, is a massive fan of. Didn't they build that for like a World's Fair? Yeah, like the '76 or '78 World's Fair, and then the Tennessee Aquarium of Chattanooga, and then the Pyramid. Huh. So the f- opening night at the Pyramid, flooded, in- inadequate drainage pumps. It, they had to sandbag the entire stage area. Wow. So tough, and then and then and then oh four they opened up the FedEx Forum for the for the Grizz. I found the uh, I found the Brandel tweet. Give it to us. Uh, so somebody replied to him and said, "This is talking about Bryson. Athleticism is showing us the future of golf. Are you happy now, Brandel?" And he said, uh, "It's not showing us the future. It's showing us the past." With a little tweet, tour players used to swing like Bryson until they were taught not to. This is rediscovered knowledge, like finding the original plans for the pyramids. I yeah I remember that tweet. I I don't know what he means by tweak though. Like what's the what's the tweak? I guess the equipment or like the the weight. Two hundred mile per hour swing speed is like or or uh, ball speed is is a is going back to the old days. Like that doesn't and and high, <laughs> high, high like high launch no spin. That doesn't sound like the fifties and sixties. No, I guess just hey, like swinging uh, out of your shoes though. You, you guys brought up. Um, Oklahoma State football earlier. Yeah, I, I want to hear. I, I want to hear y'all's takes on it. Like, what? What's like? I'm I'm too deep in that world sure. to have like a like a good perspective on it. What what what's what's the perspective of people that are from Ohio and live in Florida? Uh, so let's establish first of all the Big Twelve is like funny football. Com- okay, completely disgraceful defense. Um, not my particular cup of tea. I think Oklahoma State fits in as the It's the Auburn of the Big Twelve. The Auburn, right? yeah, the Iowa of the Big Twelve. Like 
you know, they're going to have some good years. They might win 10 games, but more likely we're looking at six, seven wins and, you know, getting big brothered by, by some of the bigger programs. I, I think the, the Iowa comparison is, is really good. It's one that I've made in the past. You've got, you got the same coach there for like 20 years. It's like, I don't know, like, should, is this the best they can do? Tread, well, tread, tread carefully there. Randy's a big Kirk Ferentz guy. Really? Yeah, huge fan. Oh, Kirk Tron's making that up. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, what do you think about your boy Gundy? He's had a little bit of an interesting summer. Yeah, it, uh, it, it hasn't been great. I, I think that, um, I mean, do you, do you want my, like, like, legit real take on it? <laughs> yeah. You can give us whatever yeah. take you want. Whatever take you want. <laughs> like, I, I think, and not to get too philosophical here, but I think that anytime you, 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 you glean or you gain that much power and, and you make that much money and you have that much control, I think it, it just necessarily leads to, like, distance and isolation from, like, people that will tell you no or people will, that will tell you, hey, this is dumb, don't do it. Or at least like your ability to listen to those people, and I think that's kind of what happened. What has happened to him, and it, it's kind of popped up over the last several years. Like he'll pop off about like uh, liberalism and like uh, how soft football players are. Um, he strikes he said, me as yeah. one of those guys that like the more the more successful he gets as a football coach, the smarter he thinks he is on everything else. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, one of my friends had a great line about how he's like, when Gundy looks in the mirror, he sees Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> <laughs> is the program, is, like, is there a, a kind of a vacuum now that, that Boone Pickens is, has, has passed on? Is there a, what do you mean by, what do you mean by a vacuum? Just, well, I mean, he, he seemed like an almost singular kind of omniscient, Yes, the, figure within the Oklahoma State Athletic Department, and now yeah, is know, the money tree gone? Yeah. Well, I think that yeah, kind of. Uh, no, I, I mean Boone didn't really. I, I can't remember when his last big donation was, but there hadn't been any like huge ones for a while. Um, so that didn't. That part of it hasn't changed a ton, but I, I think that Gundy sort of filled that void. To mm-hmm. to to your point, Tron, and I think. I think that was part of the problem is like, hey, who, who actually keeps this guy accountable? Who keeps this guy in check? And I think that's shifted a little bit back towards uh, your boy, Mike Holder, um, as the athletic director. But, yeah, for the last, I don't know, five or so years, it's really been just Gundy doing kind of whatever he wants, I feel like. I got a bone to pick. On Oklahoma State football's Wikipedia page, they list two national championships. 19, yeah, 1945 and then 2011, they're claiming a national championship because a computer model, Kali Matrix, uh, selected them as like the best team, I guess. Is that, can you speak well, to this? The, the bigger issue is actually the 1945 one. It's, it's kind of crooked. They like were, they, they got the, and this is this is kind of embarrassing, but they got the uh, they were deemed like the national champs. Like this was like four years ago, back in in like for the nineteen forty five season, and uh, they put up a banner. 
<laughs> and uh, it it was not it was not great. And uh, OU fans have made sure to point that out at, at pretty much every turn. So I think part of my problem with Oklahoma State is they seem like the the guys put up unbelievable stats recently, and then it, I don't know if it ever seems to translate to the NFL. I, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, or even to prolonged success, like to. There seems to be a glass ceiling for Oklahoma State as far as, you know, it's like it's like an Alamo Bowl or you know it's not a you know it's not a BCS top four. It's like even one out of ten years getting in there. It's it's always like something always seems to happen, and then you know it seems the reason I said the the uh, Auburn parallel earlier is like you know it seems like a, a portion of the fan base maybe wants Gundy to leave. Like they want, right. like they're they're kind of blinded by their own success or their own consistency over the fa- over the past you know ten years or whatever. When like you know Les Miles was there and then Gundy and then there was rumors Gundy was going to leave and it seems like he's just masterfully led you know leveraged it into new contracts almost every other year. Yeah, he has, and I think the I think the no pros thing makes sense though because they don't recruit well. I mean they they recruit. They recruit in such a way that lets you have a consistent college program, but doesn't. You're not going to win at all, right? You're not going to. You're not going to contend for a title because you're you're not recruiting at a level at which teams that contend for titles recruit at. And as such, you don't have. You you have these scenarios in which guys get drafted because maybe they perform well or they turned into something or whatever. But I mean, who's their who's their best pro over the last fifteen years? Probably Des, and. Tron's boy. Also one, of, one of their five best recruits. So, you know, we, we holler a lot, and, and OSU fans get mad at us about, like, you know, oh, well, Gundy just th- – their argument is, well, Gundy, like, finds diamonds in the rough. He's, he's really smart about the way he recruits. And I'm like, that's fine, but it's not going to lead to where you want it to lead, and it's not going to lead to where you think it's going to lead because you're going against all this data that we have everywhere else that says it's not going to work. So this po- this brings up a, a natural question then is because I'm thinking of guys you know like James Washington I feel like had literally a million yards Video game and numbers. all the touchdowns um, yeah God who was that guy that uh, the uh, was it Justin Blackman yeah yeah Jack, like, God he like, was unbelievable he was a bomb like he may have he may have been his he was obviously his own worst enemy he was he was a legit bomb threat uh, yeah. But but my question is, there's either so because these guys are putting up such gaudy numbers, it like it has to be one of two things: one, the Big Twelve absolutely just plays no defense, or two, like does Gundy and company have a, a schematic advantage? Like, is it scheme or is it just a lack of defense in the Big Twelve? Uh, like, how are these guys putting up the stats that they are? Was that was that a Charlie White reference? Yeah, it absolutely was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's probably both. I think some of it is is playing Kansas, you know, once a year. It's playing Iowa State once a year. Tech, uh, but they've been really good offensively. I, I think that's where I think Andy doesn't get enough credit for. Like he's hired some some pretty good people, mm-hmm. and. Um, he's kind of been a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of the way 
some things have gone in college football, whether that's resting players or uh, some of the offensive trends. And, and I like he does, he's not he doesn't like delve into it. He's not deep into it anymore. He doesn't you know. I mean, he'll he'll take the reins away, but he he's not like drawing up plays. It was always like interesting when he would be sitting over on the sideline, like you know, by himself, you know, coming up with with you know different uh, you know play calls or whatever. Like where in like basically ignoring the defense. Like it was he was one of the first guys you saw to do that, where like he has nothing to do with the defense while they're on the field. Well, and that's like the that's like the Dana Holgerson thing, right? Is like, yeah. wait a second, are you? Should you be a head coach? Because I think you can be the best offensive coordinator yeah. in the country, but I don't know that that means you should actually be a head coach. And I think Gundy is actually the opposite of Dana, where he's better at being a head coach than he is at being an offensive coordinator. But I, I just don't think you can do both. Well, now with the amount of money they're paying offensive coordinators, like you, you can make two, three, four million dollars at these more marquee programs being an offensive coordinator. Um, would you rather be a an offensive coordinator at like a power five, like just any random power five school, or caddy for uh, Rory? Caddy for Rory. I, I I think I would have more fun caddying. For I don't want to go recruit. Yeah, unlike all the meetings. Oh God, yeah. I couldn't sit there through all the meetings. Recruiting would be the worst. Yeah. What's up with it Gundy's be, hair? Uh, well, many people are saying he cut it. But just like, is he is he a performance artist? Is he like, what's he doing? Yeah, is it ironic or is it is, uh, is he I in think, on the joke? I uh, I think so. I think he thinks it's funnier than it actually is. Um, but I, I think he's in on the joke. I don't think he's that like unself aware. So yeah, I, I think. I think it started off as like, you know, haha, but then I think it became ironic over time. Um, but I think it's going away. I think that's part of the part of the whole deal. I think the other problem I have with Oklahoma State is just how dirty the athletic program seemed to be for so many years with Eddie Sutton and then all the stuff going on in the early two thousands. And which, you know, I, I know every athletic department is pretty dirty like dirtier than wait him. what ha- what happened with Eddie Sutton you're talking about the drinking he just seemed like kind of a scumbag overall and you know there's no way that he was that successful above board he probably didn't just become clean when he got to Oklahoma State right yeah. didn't didn't he get well didn't he get sanctioned thought, at UK yeah I thought they were weird because they didn't recruit that well either it's not like you know they were like they they were weird because they kind of like pieced it together with all these transfers and stuff. Like uh, Tony Allen was a transfer. The Graham brothers were transfers. Uh, John Lucas was a transfer. So you, you had all these guys that he didn't even recruit out of high school. So I don't know if that. I don't well, know if that's. That I feel it. like the transfer market is even dirt, probably even dirtier than the high school market, right? Yeah, it could be. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was like back then. I, I the people that I've talked to at OSU don't. And, and I don't know, like people loved him at OSU. And so I, I was never around him. I didn't know him, whatever. But uh, I don't know. He's pretty beloved in a way that yeah. I feel like even people now, like it, Gundy is not, uh, even though Gundy's, I think you could argue Gundy's been better at OSU than he suddenly was. 
Yeah. No, yeah, that's think, fair. Yeah. Well, I, just going back to Sutton, like I think, you know, looking at his tenure at UK, I didn't realize Sean Kemp signed there, which like there's no there's no way that would have been clean. <laughs> uh, but like I, I guess the the NCAA, regardless of what you think about him, deemed the, the violation so egregious that it seriously considered hitting the Wildcats with the death penalty. <laughs> which can you imagine that doing been, that to that Kentucky, would have been Kentucky a basketball? Favor for all of us. Uh, they're, I the, they're the worst. I hated the Travis Ford era. Um, I, I don't know why. Just never liked that. I thought Brad Underwood. I thought too bad. What, what's why did Brad Underwood leave so soon? Money. He just pieced out. Got a, got got the Illinois deal, and we'll see you. Okay. And who's the who's the new guy? Mike Boynton. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just looking up. Okay, so he would have been at Stephen F. Austin, probably with Underwood. Yeah, he was at Stephen F. Austin with Underwood, at Oklahoma State with Underwood. Okay. Uh, he, I really like him personally. Uh, they haven't won, really. I mean, they've been very mediocre. Uh, they did just get to the chagrin of uh, Kentucky fans, Cade Cunningham, as, uh, as a recruit. Um, so he'll be here over the next year. But, yeah, he's, he's a lifestyle recruiter. They need to win though, over the next couple of years. Can we can we switch it to golf for the last little? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I know you're you're a passionate McRib supporter. <laughs> what's your What's your read? You think he's 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 on the verge of 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 a pretty good run here over the next eighteen to twenty four months? Uh, I think so. I I think the I don't know how you look at the the differentiation between his his uh, regular like his PJ Tour performance and his major performance and think it's anything other than just like what's going on. In just like samples. Oh yeah. It's like sample size. And also, yeah, it seems like he psychs himself out and gets two up for the sure. Majors, right. And so, and so poor and I have this thing where it's like, if you go back and look at what he said before the masters, like the last 10 years, it's always, he's always trying something different mm-hmm. to prepare himself for the masters one year. He'll go there like three weeks early. The next year he'll go there, the, you know, like the Wednesday of. The next year he'll play for a month straight. The next year he'll take a year off, or take a take a month off leading into it. And so, I just feel like he he's just in his. And, and I think this is sort of the, I, I guess, curse of his like self awareness and his intellect is that he gets in his own head about it. I mean, think about Port Rush. Like that that first round, that was a just a circus and he i think he's just so in his own head about it to where if you went and played ten thousand holes if everybody played ten thousand holes at port rush i think he'd win and he'd win by a lot but the reality is you only get 18 or you only get 72 and i think it's just so easy for him to to get mentally kind of wound up about it there are teenagers today if you bear with me, like 13-year-olds, right, who probably have no recollection of Rory McIlroy winning a major, which I think is yeah. kind of interesting to think about. I think a couple yeah, of his majors shouldn't be considered majors, though. Like, well, uh, of course, congressional. congressional. Yeah. And I think I think we're even striking uh, Kiowa, right? Yeah, it's half a major. I thought uh, – I do think majors should be, like, ranked like that. Like the like the Stinson Open should be like two or one and a half. I, and I always thought Mickelson should get a half for that for being run yeah, out. That, 
Yeah, that might be that might or like be true. like DJ winning the U.S. Open at Oakmont. Like, should be three majors. <laughs> yeah, especially Although with what he, he went the, through. Yeah, yeah, but the guys around it was like Andrew Landry and Shane Lowry. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't great. He got crowned a little bit. Uh, what do you think about uh, Thick Boy? <laughs> uh, I think it's. I, I tweeted this the other day. I think it's James Hart. Yeah. I, I, not fun. I hate James Harden. So do I. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable to watch. It's kind of, I think if you take it too far, you're like, well, he's making a mockery of the game. People have said that about Harden. People say that about Bryson. But I think in the regular season, for what the PGA Tour wants to be, or what, I don't even know if they want to be, just what it is, it's going to work. And it's going to work really well. And it's a big middle finger to the USGA too. Well, and I, I, and I think, I mean, that's a good point because it's like, well, wait a second. What, what? I, I almost feel like it, it, it shines a light on how different the majors are than in terms of setup and the way they are played than the PGA tour, right? Like how different is, is, is uh, Akron is, I know we don't go there anymore, but it's Bridgestone than going to a place like Portrush. And so, I don't know, man. Like, I, I have questions about whether it works at majors. I, I guess the obvious response is like you get the 380 down down the middle mostly. So how is that not going to work? But I don't know. I just feel like it. it I want to see it work at a major before we we crown him. It like, seems like the one it's going to work at is Augusta. Augusta for sure, and probably a PGA. But yeah. Augusta is that's terrifying to think about. I mean, what's he going to have into like two? And 13. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Or like 15. Could he catch some downslope on 15? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Justin Ray texted so, after our talk the other day, and he's like, like he was all pissed because we, we, uh, we were shitting on Harden. <laughs> so he's going to listen again, and he's going to get pissed yeah, again. Yeah. I, I mean, I get, yeah, I, I get the, the, the three point, you know, like the, the math, but at least for Harden, it just sucks. It's such a, just not fan. Yeah. You know. It's just such a bad brand of basketball. Um, I think the thing that bothers me the most isn't, it's the fact that like he's still using the greens books exactly how they were before they, they quote unquote banned them or whatever they did. And then, I think the arm lock putting should be illegal. Like, well, I, I just, I yeah, that that's we can you can have those discussions. I think this is more of a conversation though about um, architecture and the way we want courses to play than it is about Bryson, mm-hmm. right? Because like, if you if you take it to like Marion, I mean, it sort of neutralizes him. Right, like you, you can you can go to places where if the architecture is a certain way, Royal Melbourne maybe places like that. That it's like okay, I know you can hit it a million yards, but can you hit uh, like a, a high fade into this green, or can you hit a low cut because you have to work it around this bunker? Like that, that's the stuff, and this is the stuff that we've been hollering about for the last all of us since we've been covering golf. Is like I want to see like actual golf shots, not just yeah. like who can hit it the farthest. Well, and that's what I think it, I, for me, it comes down to two, two elements, right? It comes down to the fact that, you know, these wedges, like they can, they can still spin it out of the rough with these wedges and the greens aren't firm enough. 
day, like week in, week out on the tour, right? So it, it seems like, and then when you do see a week like Bay Hill, for instance, um, you know, or Honda, or you know, where you get some wind, it firms up the greens, and these guys like they're at a distinct disadvantage coming out of the rough, even if it is, you know, sixty yards up from where their competitors are. Yeah. Whereas week in, week out on the tour, it's you know, it pays to be. 80 yards out from the green instead of 130, if, even if you're in the rough, because you can still hold the green and all that. Yeah. Um, okay. I hate to do this to you guys, but I'm, I'm getting a call from CBS. I got to go on video. All good, um, dude. So if you want any more grocery store, Oklahoma State takes. Just call it mail in. Memphis, too. Shout out to Memphis. Shout out to Memphis. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, we'll leave it with uh, Jeb Hill. He tweeted, Dear Kyle, stay home. Sincerely, the 901. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, guys. I'll All right.